right, welcome back to another in-depth podcast. I'm your host Spencer Lloyd. Again, uh, in-depth is uh, one of the like the family of podcasts that Kingdom Life Church produces. Our other one is our Sunday sermon podcast, and you can check that out on iTunes. Um, or whatever your podcast subscription provider is, check it out there. Give us a give us a like. Leave us some feedback. We always want to hear about what you like, what you'd like maybe differently. Um, but today, now we're back after a brief hiatus. I took the month of December off uh, because of December, uh, <laughs> Christmas and holidays, New Year's, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, January just flew by before I had the opportunity to connect with somebody and get a podcast recorded. So uh, today we are compensating for that by having somebody completely amazing on the podcast. She's laughing. Uh, this is a good friend of mine. She was here in Marion uh, doing her undergrad at Indiana Wesleyan. We have Rachel Rubadiri on the podcast today. <laughs> oh man, Rachel, we're so glad. Uh, that you're here. So funny story, I'm sitting on my couch uh, yesterday. So we're recording this on a Saturday. I just worked this long week and I'm like sitting on the couch, so glad to be home. And uh, a buddy texts me and says, hey, you'll never who I just ran into at the Abbey. And I'm like, well, who? Like, what's going on? He says, Rachel. And I said, what is going on? (laughs) Now I have to see her. So uh, Stacia says, well, why don't you just run over there and then you can grab dinner on your way back. So I did, and then when we were there, we decided that we should do this podcast, which is a fantastic idea. So you, um, I want the listeners first to just get to know you a little bit. So talk to us a little bit about, I know that you're from Ohio, but why don't you just start there? Um, Tell us, you know, I'll give you a few minutes just to kind of talk us through your childhood maybe, and and really what got you to Indiana Wesleyan. Let's, Let's start with like... Childhood, and then how did you end up here in Marion? Yeah, gotcha. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, excited to be here. Uh, childhood. So I was actually born in California um, and only lived there for like two-ish years and then ended up moving to Utah uh, with my family. And then my parents got divorced when I was around seven, I think. Um, no. Yeah, no, seven. Um, and then ended up moving to Ohio with my mom because that's where her family was. So grew up there, uh, really loved it, was close to family, um, and really appreciated getting to know family because I didn't know them a lot when I was super young. Went through middle school, high school, the whole bit. Um, I actually met the Lord when I think I was four. Um, I remember having like a tangible encounter with him. And so just kind of grew up knowing the Lord and getting to know him. And uh, hold on, I'm not going to yeah. let you just breeze past that. You, you say a tangible <laughs> encounter. Yeah. Tell, can, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about details. that? Yeah, I remember it was a Sunday. Um, and obviously my parents had were going to church. And so I'd gone to church with them. And my mom was tucking me into bed. And I was just like, you know, mom, uh, Jesus isn't in my heart and he needs to be there. And she was like, oh my gosh, okay, let me get your dad. So she ran into the other room, got my dad. Um, they came back and prayed with me. And I remember praying with them and saying like, okay, great, but he's not in there yet. And they're like, okay, we'll pray again, which obviously he was. <laughs> we know Lord comes right when he has. Um, but we kept praying and I remember feeling the Lord, like, I think it was like just in my chest, but like a tangible feeling of like, oh, he's there. And I was like, okay, great. We're good now. Um, so yeah, I just kind of grew up with that, um, knowledge of knowing the Lord and knowing that he wanted to encounter me and that I could actually like feel him 
in a tangible way. And I don't think I made that connection until I was probably in high school or something like that and started to feel the Lord again, um, like tangibly or physically like that. But Wow. So yeah. did like so most of your history then mm-hmm. has been one of of walking with the Lord. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay, yep. that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it, it provides you a very different testimony than somebody who has done wild and crazy things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no less amazing mm-hmm. because yeah. it speaks yeah, of a yeah. different part of God's character. So exactly. that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So back to your story. Yes. I, yeah. That was, that's really no, cool. You're right. Yeah. So um, I think it was my senior year of high school. I kind of figured out that uh, I felt like the Lord was calling me to be a worship leader in some way, shape, or form. So I was actually going to go to a ministry school based out of my home church at the time um, and really felt like the Lord was calling me there, like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a worship leader and all this stuff. And my entire family, like extended included, aunts and uncles, were like, Rachel, we totally believe in you, believe you're called to be a worship leader. We really think you're supposed to go to college. And I was like, that's great. Love you guys. But nope, I'm going to go to ministry school. Like if this is my, have to leave my father and mother and go to wherever the Lord's telling me, I'll do that. But, um, one of my uncles, um, my uncle and aunt and my mom all sat me down one night and my uncle had had the Lord wake him up in the night multiple times being like, Rachel needs to go to college. He wrote me a letter and he's like, he's a wonderful human being, but not always like, he wasn't always that expressive about things like that. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? The Lord's told me I'm supposed to go to ministry school. And they just sat me down and were like, please just, just give us a year. I'd already visited IWU. Um, one of my cousins and her husband were out here working and I really loved it. But like I said, it just felt like I was supposed to go to ministry school. So they like begged me and I finally said, you know what? Fine. I'll do it for a year. And I was so mad for a long time. Um, but then when I got to campus for orientation, just felt the Lord's presence again and was like, oh, wow, yep, I'm supposed to be here. Wow. That's super so I, I think it's a cool m- moment or an appropriate moment to mm-hmm. point out like seasons. Yes. So I think that, it, I mean, eventually we're going to get to the part in your story where mm-hmm. you did go to ministry school. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Lord's word was true. Yes. But it was like, when is this supposed to happen? Exactly. And there have been many times in my life and other people that I've spoken to, it's like, well, sometimes the Lord will give you a word, but it's, but that's only half of it. Yep. That, you know, the what is really important to steward, but the when yes, is even equally. more important. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, or equally important, yep. I should say, maybe not more important, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really cool. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so you get to Indiana Wesleyan, mm-hmm. um, and what year was that? That was 2012. Okay. 2012. So that actually would have been... I think that was the first year that I was teaching there. Yeah. Adjunct. Oh, yeah, I think so. Because I started in January of, I think I started in January of 2012. Okay. So you then would have started the following September? Yes. Of 2012? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you get on campus and mm-hmm. would uh, just maybe talk about those four years. I know it's really hard to squeeze this yeah. stuff in together <laughs> because, yeah. um, well, I'm hearing the word transformation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Was there a significant transformation that happened in your mm-hmm. life from September 2012 until you graduated? Oh, definitely. Um, there was a lot of, I would say, I mean, transformation is pretty much inner, but 
I think in my view, mainly actually of the church um, and of the body of Christ, which sounds interesting, but I grew up in a pretty charismatic background um, and people praying in tongues, <coughs> talking about Holy Spirit all the time, and then coming to Indiana Wesleyan was just a huge culture shock. <laughs> Where that's not a common conversation yes. that people are having. Exactly. S- surprisingly enough. Um, well, we'll leave that alone. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful in its own way. But I remember knowing I was supposed to be here, like I said, but then within a couple months, um, my major, I majored in worship um, and I started leading in chapel and stuff like this. And I called a friend back home one day and was like, I don't understand it. No one's raising their hands. No one's <laughs> like, what am I doing here? I just, I don't understand. No one talks about speaking in tongues. Is this even right anymore? Like what? I was just so confused. And now had you already, like, had the Lord already given you a prayer language by that time? Yes. Is that something that yeah, you'd Yeah, I had a prayer language since I was, I think, 10 or something like that. Okay, like, I grew cool. up with that pretty much as well. Wow. Um, so it and was And what, what about yeah. the whole, like, idea of spontaneous worship, prophetic yeah. worship? Was that all normal for you growing up, like, in your home church in Ohio? Yeah. Um, it was pretty normal. It wasn't, like, super frequent, but okay. if it happened, it wasn't like, what's okay. that? It was then, very normal. Then you get to chapel yes. at Indiana Wesleyan where... Everything is oh, to the second. Yes. Like oh my there's gosh. a clock on the front of the stage, which, was, which I mean, programming is yeah. important and, and I get why they do that, but it's, that's a huge, huge shock. shift. Yes. Okay. I so was, yes. Very out of my element. Like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, I called a did, friend back home. Yeah. Did your yeah. friend have anything yeah, helpful she to was say? Okay. Yes. She was like, well, Rachel, you feel called to like lead people to the Lord, to lead them to encounter the Lord. So how do you expect them to get there if you can't find it yourself? I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. Gut check. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Um, so just began this pursuit of like, okay, Lord, I want to know you. I mean, I know you for myself, but I want to be able to find you so I can help other people find you. Um, And he took me on this journey of doing that to an extent, but also learning to recognize where he was in the moment. Because he was like, you know, Rachel, like they might worship a little differently than you do, but I'm still here. Like, can you find me here? Um, And that... That's such a powerful question. Yes. Can you find me here? Yes. Were you ever like, no, yes. no, I can't. Where are you? <laughs> there were a couple times where I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have looked everywhere. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, wow. But yeah, it really grew my love for the church as a whole and for seeing mm. the body of Christ come back together. Like, I, I mean, I think denominations at their time like served a good purpose and were for a good reason, but it really grew my heart to see, oh, Despite our differences, I really am praying for us to come back together um, and to love and appreciate each other um, for our differences, but also just to lay the differences down and be like, hey, we're just going after the Lord. Yeah. I Uh, think that it was, um, I don't know, I'm going to say the wrong people, but like to like an Arminian and Calvinist mm -hmm. and the saying is something like, it's, it's less than a hair's breadth mm-hmm. apart, like really their differences. So mm-hmm. even in that, I feel like it was John Wesley that said that, but mm-hmm. I could be way wrong. The mm-hmm. point being though, that exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. like how can we celebrate our, the things that we agree on? Mm-hmm. Because the things that we disagree on generally, like, and I've said this, but if we're talking about denominations underneath like the umbrella of Christianity, mm-hmm. right? We're not 
people aren't going to miss heaven yeah, over exactly. some of the things that we disagree on. Like, yes. do you dunk or do you sprinkle? Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to, you know, like, our tongues active in the church mm-hmm. today is... Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe that people are going to miss salvation, yeah. not make it into heaven because they don't pray in tongues. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. like that's not that's not a a, mm-hmm. a, a, a qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's really good. And I some different words that I've heard around what you're expressing. Um, I think Chris Vallotton has taught on yeah. it really well about denominationalism versus family. Yes. Like ap- exactly. apostleships. Yeah. Yeah. And how um apostleships are, uh, biblically they're, they are modeled for us as, as family Mm -hmm. and where denominationalism, when you, and again, he makes it very clear. He's not talking about denominations, but he's talking about the spirit of division that says, if you don't agree with me, there's the door. Yep. Exactly. But if, but in an apostleship and a family, mm-hmm. like you said, even, even in your own story, like mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily agree with your parents and your yeah. uncle, yeah. but you're like, okay, like yeah. I'm going to submit to this and we're yes. going to, and yeah. then the Lord was able to work through that. Exactly. Yeah. Gather around fathers rather than like split over yeah. issues kind of things or not just fathers, but family. That's so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're at Indiana Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord is saying, Find me. So yeah. that was a big that was a big area of transformation for yeah. you. Uh, what's um, uh, another maybe maybe one other really big thing that the Lord mm. did for you or in you in your was were you there just four years? Yep, just four years. Okay. Um, I think the other biggest thing was just establishing history. Like I had grown up with the Lord, like I said, and had a great relationship with Him. But looking back, I often describe Indiana <clears throat> Wesleyan as like just a huge gift to me that the Lord gave because I, I mean, worship was my major. It wasn't a super stressful major. Um, there were times when it was, but I had large chunks of time and I would just go and spend hours with the Lord, uh, the certain spot in the chapel. And I would just spend time talking to him, getting to know him, Mm. um, seeing what he was saying. And I think I needed that time of just space with him. I loved, I mean, obviously loved home, loved growing up with him, but it was just such a special time of just me and him that um, really established this deep love of intimacy with the Lord and of building history um, and learning to find him not for a service, not even for other people, but just for myself mm. um, and, yeah, getting to know him. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Do, um, are you comfortable sharing, like, maybe there's one thing that mm-hmm. he told you in that in that time yes. uh, mm. that, that you'd be comfortable sharing with yeah. everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I'm asking you to do something very brave here. Yeah. It's just like, this is my secret place. Yes, yes. I know. I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, if I have my journals in front of me, I yeah, can yeah, give yeah. you a list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I didn't. I didn't prep you with that question, yes. so no, it's okay if you can't bring anything. I think out. one of the biggest things. Um, oh, I'll go with this. Uh, I think it was my senior year. I was just with him and was listening to the new Amanda Cook album had just come out, um, and I was just listening to it all the way through and came across the song "The Voyage," um, which is actually I think what the whole album and artwork is based around, but it's not a super well-known song. Um, but when I heard it, I just immediately went into an encounter with him and saw a picture of me and him on a sailboat. 
And he just spoke so clearly, like, Rachel, you've been trying to live your life in a box and to make everything perfect, but I actually made you for adventure. Um, and I actually, yeah, made you, like, travel the seas with me. Um, and that um, kind of, for me, sums up my college years. It was, in a way, like, kind of a fight with the Lord of, like, no, but I want everything to be perfect. How can I figure out everything perfectly? And he was just constantly, like, wooing me and like, hey, will you just have fun? Hey, will you just let go? And that, I think, has really set me up, not just for, like, Bethel, but for the rest of my life in walking with him. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I I can remember um, it was a privilege. You invited me into Mm -hmm. your process Mm -hmm. a little bit while you were there, Indiana Wesleyan. And um, I can can attest that that was cool to watch. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had these conversations where you're like, but nothing is orderly. <laughs> yeah. I want check boxes. Yes. And I need a uh, list. Yes. And like the Lord's asking me to throw things at a wall and see what sticks. Yep. So, but yeah, speaking mm-hmm. of adventure, I think that, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it, I think that sets us up. It's a really great transition into, so after Indiana Wesley and you graduate, mm-hmm. yep. right? And um, you go to Bethel. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you're, you're doing the, the supernatural school out at Bethel. Yeah. Uh, so when, how soon towards your, the end of your time at Indiana Wesleyan did you know that that's where you're headed? Um, it wasn't actually until around February or March um, before I graduated. I was, I mean, obviously the whole senior year trying to figure out what to do. Um, and I, even though I felt called to worship, I'd never felt like I was supposed to be a worship pastor. So going the job route, I was like, nope, not feeling anything there. Um, and then I ended up at one point, one of my best friends, who was my roommate at the time, Liz, we were thinking about doing a ministry together and didn't really know exactly what it looked like at all. But we're like, we're just going to move to a city after we graduate, mm-hmm. see what the Lord has for us there to start establishing family and going after people. And we're just going to figure it out. And so we were making all these plans. And then I think around Christmas break, we both felt like, hey, I think this is a thing, but I don't think it's for right now. Um, so then I was kind of like, well, back to square one. (laughs) That's super great. Right before graduating. Were you feeling any, I'm going to interrupt this question because you said something. I mean, I know that you're an incredibly gifted worship leader. Mm. Were you getting pressure from people around you? Oh yeah. Hey, here's this job opportunity. Hey, look at this. Whether it was other professors at IWU, Mm -hmm. other mentors. And how did you, how did you navigate that? Yeah. Um, that was definitely difficult. Even like the whole of my major, um, a lot of like classes and ev- practicums and everything were geared towards you're going to be a worship pastor and you're going to go into this size church and that's what life is going to look like. And somehow I was kind of all the time like, I'm not in that box. Um, so definitely got pressure ish from professors. They're like, Oh, what are you going to do? Or I've heard about this job. Do you want to get your resume out here? Kind of stuff. And I just, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, nope, I <laughs> don't think I'm going that way. Um, got a lot of support from friends, which is great, but also from my parents. Like Liz and I told our parents about this ministry idea, and they were like, great, we fully support you. That sounds great. We'll be praying for you to figure out where you're going. Um, and that was super helpful. I think it would have been a lot different. Like the transition, for example, from high school to college was really difficult because we were at odds. Um, but having their support made any pressure from anywhere else so much easier because it's, it's your family. Um, so that was great. That's cool. Okay, so then back to mm-hmm. the first question. So yes. when did you... So we're at February, March, mm-hmm. which means graduation is like a month and a half away. Yep. 
Uh, so are you? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. God, I was, what's going on? Where am I going? Yes, it was definitely freaking out, um, and kind of frustrated. But I was like, all right, well, we'll just whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, it was February. It was one of the, I think, Catalyst conferences. Adam Allen was in town, and we were just in worship one day uh, during the conference. And I just like sat on the floor with the Lord and felt like He put. Bethel and actually Colorado on my heart, which was really random. And I was like, okay. Um, and it was funny because I'd kind of actually written Bethel off a couple years before and not because I didn't like it. I really loved it, but I had gotten to a place of like, okay, I don't just want to go somewhere to try and be someone. I don't want to go somewhere for worship, like Bethel, Hillsong, IHOP, what you name it. Like I just want to go after the Lord and worship. So even if that's just me and a guitar traveling around the U.S. doing whatever at tiny churches, that's awesome. Um, so I was like, yep, nope, we're not going to go to Bethel. We're not going to go to Hillsong, none of those kind of things. So then when we put Bethel on my heart, I was like, really? You sure? Um, Are you sure? Yep. <laughs> God who knows everything. Are you exactly. positive? <laughs> Which is so funny. So yeah, I think the next day I looked into, I didn't know much about it. Honestly, I just knew Bethel music. So I found out they had a school ministry. Um, and I think I applied to like a random job in Colorado as well. Oh yeah. With like John and Lisa Bevere, but never heard back from that. Um, but just kept looking into Bethel eventually, like probably a month later, got accepted into the school and was like, okay, well this is the door that's open. So that's where we're going to go. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, our former pastor, Mm -hmm. um, expressed he last time he was in town. So they transitioned from Mm -hmm. kingdom life back out to be um, second-year pastors at mm-hmm. at the school. Yeah. And when I caught up with him, um, I think last Thanksgiving or something, he said that they had seen in the last couple of years an influx of people coming to the school mm. because they had just... Their, their only familiarity with Bethel was Bethel music mm-hmm. and, and not really knowing anything about yeah. the church or the school or anything, but they just wanted to have this connection with Bethel music, mm-hmm. and so they're coming to the school. So... All right, cool. So now, all right, we graduate mm-hmm. from Indiana Wesleyan. Yep. You so you feel like you're supposed to go to Bethel. Mm-hmm. And so graduation is in April. Yep. All right. And so mm-hmm. when did you, when did you pack up and pack move? Up leave. Yeah, I didn't leave till August actually. Um, I spent the summer <coughs> doing a job I'd done for the last three summers as well, working at um, NTS camps. So I was traveling around doing production kind of stuff. So did that. For the whole summer and then moved out at the beginning of August and I think started school maybe the first week of September or something like that. Um, yeah, so that was a big switch. Drove for, I think, four days <laughs> with my mom. Okay, so mom went, mom yep. drove with you. Yeah, All she right. did. And we took our time, too. We stopped and see the, saw the sites, which was fun. Nice. Um, yeah. Okay, so Mary in Indiana. Yes. To do Redding, California. Yes. A little bit of a culture yes. change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably the overstatement of the hour, or the understatement yes. of the hour. Um, talk about the transition, mm-hmm. because even just um, Midwest to California, like yes. that's a huge, just mindset different, yeah. l- lifestyles. Mm-hmm. So talk about the transition. Um, was it hard for you? Was it easy? Mm-hmm. Um, what like what were some of the biggest challenges maybe just yeah. in, in the transition? Yeah. Um, the transition itself was actually, um, I wouldn't say it was that difficult. I remember driving into Reading and I was only planning on staying for one year of school. 
um, which is the majority of school. And, that. <laughs> and here you are. Yes, here I am three, three years, years later. later. <laughs> um, but I remember driving into Reading and the Lord saying, you're going to be here for a while. And I was like, okay. I wasn't planning on that. <clears throat> a um, while, like 12 months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah 12 you're months like, is a while, months. God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. But I think that actually set me up to look at Reading more like home. So it felt... It felt like home from the beginning. Um, one of the, like, I would say probably the place besides home in Ohio that has felt the most like home since growing up. Um, I mean, Indiana Westland Marion was great, but it was just a totally different feel. So um, it was interesting. The first couple of months, I expected to have, like, a challenge finding friends and just, like, not knowing anybody in the city. But I actually got really close to the girls I was living with in a house um, really fast. And we um, connected really fast, made friends with another house down the street, um, and all, like, would go on adventures and hiking together, which was so not like me. So um, it actually made transition really, really great. Um, did, you, did you live in, a, like, a house with, a, like, a bunch of other... Yeah. Bethel students or how? Yes. Okay. It was a house with, um, there were five other first years and me, and then there's also like a house mom. So Bethel doesn't have like student housing. You just mm-hmm. find your own stuff. And I'd gotten connected with this through a friend. Um, and it was a really great first year. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, so my little brother went to Bethel as mm-hmm. well. I think a couple of years after you, or a year after, maybe I think it was one year after. Um, I know that first year is a lot about identity Yes. and, and realizing, okay, who does God actually say you are? Yes. Which is something that I think, um, kingdom life carries pretty Mm -hmm. well and teaches and, and there's no mis, I mean, it's not a coincidence because our founding pastor Mm. again was a product of Bethel or the, you know, the school. And so, but talk about, um, there's two sides to this question. I want to hear, and and it's going to be hard because Mm -hmm. I know that there's probably a lot of things that you could think of (laughs) for this, but the biggest area of growth Mm. That was that as a result of first year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the biggest challenge, mm, the hardest thing yeah. that you had to do from first year, Ooh. and and then I'm going to ask you that same question again, mm-hmm. um, from like all three years that yeah. you've been out there. Yeah, yeah. But start with just first year. Oh, just first year. Um, I think to sum it up, the biggest area of growth, I would say the word identity, um, because I can remember. Somewhere along the line, like like I said, the Lord had just told me to go to Bethel. He didn't tell me why. And instead of asking why, I kind of just came up with my own reason for it. Like, oh, well, I'm just going to go get some more tools and figure out how to like pray for people. Just a bunch of different things. Like I was like, yeah, tools. That's why I'm going. And then on, I think it was registration day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I You go through like the normal registration stuff, but at the end of it, you stop and meet um they call them revival group pastors. So, um, in school you're broken up into groups of about 60 and you have a pastor over you. Cause there's like 3000 yes. first year students, right? Um, yes, I think so this year. Or is it 3000 no, 3, total? 3000 total. And there okay. was like 1500, I think in my first year. Okay. That's still a oh, lot. Still. Yes. Big chunk. I mean, 3000 is the same number. We're talking like on campus yep. at Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. You know, oh, so yeah, like, 
That's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. So, okay. So, but first year is like 50, about half of those then, yes. 1,500. Mm-hmm. And so they divide those up into smaller groups mm-hmm. and they call them revival groups. Yes. Okay. So you met your revival group pastor. Yes. Um, his name is Richard Gordon. He's amazing. <clears throat> and I walked up to the table and first of all, I was like, what did I get myself into? Because there is everybody on the floor laughing. This guy has like dreads that are super long. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to be really interesting. But he he took time to meet every single one of us that was registering. And he pulled me aside at one point um, and just looked at me and said, Rachel, you were my first choice. I haven't told anyone else this. You're my first choice. I fully believe the Lord put you in my revival group. And basically just started reading my mail and was like, I feel like there's been a lot of unhealthy expectations on your life, and I just want you to know that I don't expect anything out of you. I don't expect anything from you. You're a huge gift to me, but I don't expect anything from you. And I just stood there for 10 minutes weeping. (laughs) (laughs) I was gone. I was a total mess. Um, But he, yeah, I had never been like, loved I would say so quickly by someone and for someone to see me that well and that fast oh it messed me up so that just set up school um to start to learn um how do I word it just to be a daughter which sounds so cliche and Mm. so um almost Christianese, but I would say that was probably my biggest area of growth even in my time of growing up knowing the Lord um, one of the biggest ways I knew him, I think was his father. Cause I have, I have a really amazing dad, but he just wasn't physically around as much when I was growing up. So the Lord really fathered me, but I still lived with such a level of responsibility <coughs> and, of taking care of people. I would say that I didn't actually know how to be a daughter. Um, and I remember having a counter with the Lord in first year where we were supposed to like hand him something we're holding out our hands and he was going to show us what we were handing him and I remember seeing in my hands a tool belt and I was like that's what I came here for (laughs) like you're kidding (laughs) um so I remember being like okay like you said all right I'm gonna hand it to you and I did and he gave us something back and I think he if I remember right he gave me back a crown which also sounds cliche but he told me in that moment, like, you actually came here to be a daughter. You actually came here um, to know what it is to live as a daughter. And um, that was probably my biggest area of growth of, and because there were so many pieces in that, like, I remember a moment a couple months later, actually believing that I was beautiful for probably one of the first times. And actually the first time in the sense of believing that it was okay to feel beautiful. Um, Interesting. Yes. Um, and walking on that journey of just becoming a daughter out of first year was really, really beautiful. Um, and then you said, yeah, go. So, well, I'm just like so captivated by this and I'm making, I'm taking some notes here. Um, because as I had told you before we started recording at the end, I want you to pray for the people listening. And one of the things like, I just really felt the spirit of Lord come in the room Mm -hmm. when you were talking about being prophesied over and about there's no expectations. And so I, I really feel like that's part of what I want you to like release over the people that are listening. Mm -hmm. Just this, um, this release from expectations. Mm. Um, and then the other thing that you said that is really interesting and, and kind of, and maybe we don't have to have this conversation now, maybe we'll yeah. have to have you back a second time, <laughs> yeah. but this thing where you said you felt like you were allowed 
to, to see yourself as beautiful. Yep. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, honestly, growing up, like, uh, not just family, but like even friends would be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know where it came into my life, but it could have just been culture or whatever. But somewhere along the line, I thought like, it's not okay for me to actually believe I'm beautiful. That's arrogant or that's like selfish or like a bunch of different things. And I remember like, I wouldn't say to the depths of like self-hatred, but like not liking the fact that I was beautiful and being like, can you remember like when that Mm -hmm. started? Um, I think probably somewhere around high school that I recognized it. It could have okay. been before then, but right. um, somewhere in the middle of high school, I remember. Um, and I mean, not every high school, but a lot of high schools these days, I think, are very like sexualized. So I think like seeing other girls as yeah. beautiful, and then I was like, I don't want to just be known for being beautiful or for my body, and so it's like that's so arrogant. You, so almost, you just turn it off. Yeah, almost, exactly. Yeah. And was like, nope, like. Great, thank you for saying I'm beautiful, but yeah, no, I'm just gonna. But I'll, I'm smart. Yeah, exactly. I'm smart, or even I'm the talented. like, even there was definitely still the element of like, oh, the Lord's called us to be humble, so no, I'm not beautiful. Like taking on false humility yeah. of, <laughs> which is actually pride. Yes, which exactly. Is yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I, the best one of the best definitions of humility that I've heard, and I, I mean, I've I've heard it a lot out of Bethel. I don't know that mm-hmm. they originated it, but is. Mm-hmm. The humility is not thinking less of yourself, but mm-hmm. thinking of yourself less. Yes. And yes. so, um, because that comes into this whole message of identity that you're yes. talking about is we, it's, it's like, it's a cognitive dissonance for mm-hmm. us to hold this idea that we're, that we're the scum of the earth, <laughs> but that we're children of yes. the most high God. Yes. You know, those things are irreconcilable. Like yeah. we can't, we can't believe what the word tells us. And I'm yes. not talking about the prophetic word, mm-hmm. the written word of God. Yep. Like we can't believe the, the truths, the, the promises that are in there yes. about how amazing we are mm-hmm. and also believe that we're like these awful creations. Yeah, exactly. It, those things can't happen at the same time. Yep. And um, so I think that it's this really important, I mean, I love hearing mm-hmm. this journey that you're talking about. Yeah. Like you came to this moment. See, there was in my own story, you know, I like, yeah, in high school, I, I had no problem thinking of myself. Great. I, (laughs) I was very prideful and I, you know, I, I I was just full of myself. I mean, you know, honestly, and then part of my big, the big part of my process through college Mm -hmm. was understanding. I honestly, I think at times it probably went too far back the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of it, I think that the Lord refined the the pride out of me. Mm, And then when I get to kingdom life, Mm -hmm. seven years or so after I graduate, then it's like, oh, wow. Like the Lord actually thinks I'm amazing. Yeah. I mean, how even how it doesn't even make sense to think that God the Father would send his son to die for scum um, and leave him a scum like, yeah exactly yeah. so yeah i just think it's a really great point okay mm-hmm. so i love that yes wow thanks yeah thanks for sharing that yeah okay oh uh, you know what we're gonna take a real quick break here and uh, i've got some cool stuff for you guys to hear and then we will be right back to finish our interview with rachel rubadieri we want your feedback do you have questions about a kingdom life sermon you heard recently Or maybe you have a topic suggestion for the monthly in-depth podcast. If that is you, please send them our way. Submit your thoughts and questions to us via Instagram, Facebook Messenger, 
or you can email them to spencer.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com. Of course, you can always feel free to chat with us on a Sunday night as well. We look forward to interacting with you, and thanks for listening to In Depth, a special edition of the Kingdom Life Church podcast. Okay, we are back with Rachel Rubadiri, fresh in town from Redding, California. We pulled out the cold weather for you. Thank you. We know it gets a little chilly out in Redding, right? But not like, I mean, what's the coldest that it's going to get out there? The coldest, I'd say, is like 30s, sometimes 20s. We like get snow, I would say, every three years-ish. Okay. And it like is a light dusting that lasts for a day. Okay, yeah. So not Indiana. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, so you were sharing, uh, we were talking uh, biggest area of growth Mm -hmm. from first year. Um, and that was really profound. Uh, we're going to jump to maybe, and let's just take a, let's take a step back Mm -hmm. and think the full three years that you've been out there. So just so the listeners know, the first year is you're actually in classes, like you're going and you're working through curriculum. Mm -hmm. Second year is similar to that, right? But just with a different theme. Yes. Okay. Then the year three though, looks completely different because year three is not like classwork, Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting times, it is what? It is basically like an internship. So you apply for a mentor um, and they have to like pick you back essentially and then you also pick them again because you could have applied for a bunch of mentors. But um, your year looks completely different depending on who your mentor is. So like for instance, my mentors are over the alumni department at the school and so we have a lot of administrative stuff but they also do ministry and travel on their own so we've gotten to our team's gotten to travel a ton with them um they're over the 6 p.m twin view service which is um mainly a student-based service there's a couple families as well but that's like a second site yes for yeah, Bethel. Second okay site, yeah. yeah um so yeah, mine's like totally all over the place, very multifaceted, but a couple of my friends, for instance, are third years in the school environment, so they're in second year, and that looks like they, I mean, not necessarily go to class every day, but they're in class every day with their students, they're mentoring people, um, helping run revival groups throughout the week, so it could be very different. There's some people that do third year in like the business world with business mentors, so it really is all over the board. Kind of the sky's the limit yep. in terms of like internships for third year. Yes. Now, are some internships paid and some not? No, they're all you have to pay. <laughs> to <You> have- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, none of them are paid, but it's great experience and really great people. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so so then now you're in third year, mm-hmm. so you're wrapping up your third year, right? Yeah. So you officially graduate the yeah. SSM in in May. May, mm-hmm. okay, very cool. And that's the whole knighting ceremony thing, right? Or does that yeah. only first year? Have... No, that happens um, every year. So in first year they just do it pretty quick. In second year, Chris actually gives a short prophetic word over every student, which Whoa. is yes, <laughs> very <Yeah>. impressive. <laughs> that's a lot. Yes, I'm not actually sure what they do for third year, but. Yeah. Well, you're going to find out, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I will. Yep. All right, cool. So, okay, mm-hmm. year one, year two, most mm-hmm. of year three, mm-hmm. biggest challenge. What is oh. what is uh, something that's really uh, been something that you've had to really work with the Lord yeah. um, and to uh, allow him to empower you to overcome? Mm-hmm. That is a great It doesn't question. even have to be anything deep. I mean, yeah. it could be something 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is actually probably not making worship teams after doing worship for four years here and wow. before that, like yeah. doing worship in youth group and stuff like that. Um, I tried out for teams in first year, didn't make it, took voice lessons with the, like the pastor who's over first year and she was super encouraging, um, and everything, but it was honestly just kind of a shock, like a, ah, what's the word? Not like a culture shock, but a life shock. Cause I'm like, this is what I'm doing with my life. Um, like, I have a four year degree yeah, in this. Exactly. What, what like, you, and a very what? expensive one at that. Yes. Yeah. So like <clears throat> it was such a battle, um, a, still believing that the Lord had called me to do that because there was a point in first year where I was kind of like, well, I guess the worship part of my life is done. Great. Um, that was fun, I guess, for a while. Um, it's been a good run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just going to put my guitar in the closet <laughs> Exactly. Now. And just, yep, have at it. Um, so it was a fight still believing that the Lord had put that on my life. And then um, also... Um, it was just super hard, if I'm honest, to see my fellow students and friends up there leading worship um, doing what I wanted to do. Uh, it was, at times, painful um, because I loved leading worship. I loved um, getting to see people come to know the Lord like that. Um, and I think people don't talk about that a lot, like it, to actually feel jealous or to feel pain when you're like, you're doing exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah, for um, sure. And yeah, it was super difficult. So I remember, yep, laying that down in first year and being like, yep, well, I guess worship's pretty much done. And then in second year, the Lord spoke to me so clearly, like, I haven't put worship on a shelf for you, even though it might feel like it. Um, And he just kind of started opening this box of, Rachel, you're a really multifaceted person. You've always been interested in so many different things. And that's not for no reason. Like I haven't called you to be a one track person to only do worship for the rest of your life. Um, I've actually called you to preach. I've called you, um, to mentor people, like just a bunch of different things, um, that I didn't realize. I'm like, Oh, I actually can do all these things. And you've had the opportunity to preach and to do a lot of other things with this third year internship, right? Yes. Yeah. You have been uh, a jet setter. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you were telling me uh, over coffee the other mm-hmm. day, list, list the place. Now this isn't about like, Oh, Rachel's so uh, awesome. This is just like for, this is part of yeah. her story. So that's yes. why we're telling this. Okay. Yeah. And, and if take you know it as a testimony, you can go to exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Like, and if you know, Rachel, it's not in her heart to be like, Oh, look at what I did. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't be like, Oh, whatever. Don't mm-hmm. fast forward through this. This is just, mm-hmm. this is really a testimony of the Lord's faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, because most, if not all, of these trips have been like support, yeah, raised yeah, trips. You mm-hmm. know, so like it's the Lord's faithfulness that has sent you to these places. Yeah. So where have you been? Yep, um, this year uh, alone, I've just been. I've been to Austria, Australia. Took a trip to L.A., Texas. Um, actually, just came from Alaska. Um, going to Orlando in like two weeks, and then last trip will be to England. So. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of different places. And that'll be your second trip to England, right? Yes, yeah. I went to England in first year on missions trip. Um, and it was actually my second trip to Alaska. I went to Alaska mm-hmm. in second year. So Very kind of cool. full circle, yeah. All right, that's neat. So mm-hmm. there you go. Like if you're – and I mean, I'll ask this question. How much mm-hmm. did you think that you'd be traveling? I would have never guessed that much. Um, I knew 
I knew they did missions trips, but I actually, even in first year, I was like, oh, I probably won't go on a mission trip. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I was just like, well, that's an extra, like, $2,000, whatever it was, like, yeah. paying for school as it is, like, don't need to go on a mission mm -hmm. trip. Um, and then found out it was a really big deal to, like, just leadership and everybody there. And I was like, wow, actually, this is a really amazing opportunity that I don't want to miss. So ended up going, like I said, but third year, um, has definitely been the most traveling. And I knew, like, my mentors, Steve and Ruth Moore, um, I knew they traveled a lot on their own, but I didn't necessarily know, A, where we were going when I signed up, and B, that I would get to go on every trip. But they sent us an email, I think in the summer, that just listed them all out. And I was like, what? And I just, like, clearly felt from the Lord, like, yep, yeah, Ben, you're going on all of them. Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> and, and have you? So uh, have yes, you I have. Yep. Yeah, gone on. <clears throat> I love that. Everyone. Just crazy. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the other day I was talking and, um, to you and I asked you like, what are the, what are the messages like through this mm -hmm. three year process mm -hmm. of identity and like the Lord cleaning stuff out mm -hmm. and making deposits I said, what are, what are, what's the message? So you talked about preaching, mm -hmm. like what's the mess, what message or messages that the Lord has like put in your heart? What, yeah. what, what's yours to carry? Oh, yes. Um, probably the first one that comes to mind, I mentioned the other day is actually hope. Um, there was a moment right before I started second <clears throat> year where I was just on a walk with the Lord and, um, he kind of just dropped a phrase into my spirit, which was. Um, I will not fear hope. And I was like, that's interesting. I don't fully know what that means. Um, and just kind of sat with it for days. And he spent probably a couple months just unpacking that for me. And I realized that for years, it was actually hard for me to believe for hope in good things happening. Like, which is funny because the Bible talks about it all the time. And God works together all the things, all things for good for those who love him and things like that. But, um, I realized I was constantly like holding my breath or setting myself for like, Oh, okay, well, what if this goes wrong or what if it goes this way? I'm just going to be prepared. Just I'm waiting not... for the other shoe to exactly. drop. Exactly. Yep. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Mm. Um, and so he really dove into this idea of, I won't fear hope. I won't be afraid of it any longer. Can you define hope? Yeah. For list like, what is when you say hope? What are you mm -hmm. thinking? What's in your mind? Um, that's interesting that you read that because at first, even when he said that, I think I thought hope was like just a fluffy feeling, like feeling great about things all the time, almost like being optimistic, which okay. I think pieces of it are. But hope for me now is a person. It's Jesus. Wow. It's. Um, I mean, he came, he didn't just come to bring hope to the world. He was hope to the mm. world. Like him dying on the cross, like literally set us up um, to reign in life. He talks about that. And so um, I've come to actually like see him as the person of hope and um, ask him even at times to like, I need to encounter the person of hope right now to bring wow. myself back into alignment. Um, so yeah, I would, that's how I would define hope. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like? If that's a message for you to carry, does yeah. that look like an impartation? Does that look like, mm. um, like guys don't give up hope. Like, <laughs> yeah, I keep going more of probably, I mean, yeah, an impartation, but actually more of a teaching. Like, uh, as I was going on this journey of figuring this out, um, I had the opportunity to preach, uh, well in second year you, 
get assigned a passage and everyone in school preaches for like 11 minutes. But aside from that, I also, they had us like, we're preparing preaches for our mission trips for Alaska. And so I was asking the Lord, like, what should I preach on? I don't know, like what to do. And he was like, well, just do one of your life messages. And I was like, great. What are those? <laughs> um, yeah. And those would be. <laughs> yes. Um, and he so clear said hope. So I was like, oh, okay. And just like playing around writing with it one day and just talking to him about it. And again, it sounds weird with the dropping phrases into your spirit thing, but that's just what he does with me sometimes. So I was writing out this message and he just clearly dropped the phrase like, um, I'm not a stranger to disappointment, but I've learned not to make it my friend. Um, I remember seeing that on your Instagram and I was like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) that's so good. Uh, Yeah. And it really helped Say it again. Say it again. I'm not a stranger to disappointment, but I've learned not to make it my friend. Um, And that even so clearly helped me interact with the person of Jesus as hope because we want, A, we want to befriend Jesus. um, And yeah, just by personifying that, it made me recognize the relationship I'd had with disappointment. Like, oh, I've made you a friend. I've made it really comfortable and easy to be around you um, when that's not actually what I'm supposed to do or who I'm supposed to be around. That's really deep. <laughs> I could sit and listen to you talk about this a little bit longer. Yeah. And I'm also sitting and thinking of all the people that need to hear this message. So when's your book coming yes, out? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yes. So wow. that's... Okay. Hope for me. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. I, uh, no. Okay, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have you back on, and you're <laughs> yeah. gonna just talk more okay. about hope. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. can we do that? Uh, absolutely. We can do it on that's the phone. That's fine. That's but we're gonna have to fly all the way back to Indiana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, anything else? Is there mm-hmm. any other? You you mentioned intimacy at one yes. point in time. Is that a big yes. part of your yes. your life or one of your life messages? Yeah, I would say that's probably the other biggest one is actually um, knowing the Lord and diving into your relationship with him. Um, I think it's just given me the most life throughout my entire journey. Like I can look back on my history with him, um, and clearly see how he set me up to, um, to thrive in life through relationship with him. And I think it's something we talk about offhand all the time, like, oh yeah, your relationship with the Lord, but we don't actually dive into what does it look like? How do we get there? Um, and there's just so many pieces to it, and it's so different for everyone. So I have a huge passion for seeing people figure out their relationship with the Lord, and figure out sounds very final. We never, like, figure everything out. He's constantly surprising us. But to actually get into a rhythm of, like, uh, yeah, I know the Lord, and because I know the Lord, He can surprise me, if that makes sense. Oh, I like that. Um, and even does it involve just like learning how the Lord speaks to exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. Because you, like you just said, mm-hmm. dropping phrases into my spirit. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean like the Lord literally doesn't drop phrases into my spirit, yeah. but I love that that's how he speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think that we do a huge disservice to the body of Christ when we, when and if we ever suggest like, well, this is the way that this is mm-hmm. the way that yes. the Lord speaks. Oh, yes. I think the only thing that we can say that definitively about is his written word. Yes. Like we know he speaks through the written yeah. word, period. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. If you if you said yes to Christ, he will speak to you through the written word. Yep. 
Then past that, mm-hmm. you know, we have this whole like slew of revelatory gifts. Mm-hmm. And and if even if you look at specifically the gift of prophecy, well, yeah. he speaks to people prophetically, gives people prophetic messages to deliver yeah. in an abundance of ways. Yes. Um, and so I love that. So then define, you've kind of done it, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's, that it's really yeah. clear and concise. Define intimacy. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, generally when people... I think the first place people people's minds go when you say the word intimacy is like mm-hmm. something sexual, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. like a spousal, husband, wife, intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you're using that in context mm-hmm. of a relationship with Jesus, yeah. with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, sometimes mm-hmm. if people don't have a grid for it, they can yeah. be like, oh, what do you, what are you eh, about? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so talk, the, give us a little bit more on mm-hmm. like how you define intimacy. intimacy. That is a great question. Um, I think I don't necessarily have like a Webster's Dictionary like intimacy is, but when I think of intimacy, I think of um, closeness and almost like a healthy confidence in the Lord, kind of like I was mentioning, like, oh, yeah, I know you, but I also know you well enough to know that I don't know half of anything about you kind of thing. Um, and honestly, friendship. Um, the Bible talks about friendship with the Lord. Um, and specifically, I think it was um, Chris Valentin one day was talking about the progression of like moving from like slaves slash bond servants to being friends of the Lord because Jesus talks about that with the disciples. And there's a clear moment when he's like, I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about that um, relationship that is intimate. I can even think, it sounds weird, but like friends of mine that I'm super close with, I wouldn't, the first word to come to mind wouldn't be intimate, but when you look at it, like, oh, I know you, I know your life, I know your history, um, but I'm also constantly discovering you and pursuing you. So it's both a, I know you and a history thing, but I'm also... (laughs) pursuing you and there is a desire to be closer. That's cool. Do you would you say that there is a being known yes. aspect of it oh, as well? 100%. Because yeah. even though like yeah, God created us, the word makes it clear mm-hmm. that before one of your days came to pass, mm-hmm. like he knew them all. Exactly. So, but there's still a process mm-hmm. Right, yep. of allowing ourselves to be known by yes. the Lord. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Yeah, um, I think that actually makes me think of just kind of like my time at Iwu that I was talking about. I think Iwu was a huge piece of me being known to the Lord, actually letting him into every area of my life and being like, what do you say about this? Instead of being afraid, like, nope, you can only see this great, perfect part of me, even though I know you see everything. Um, but he does... He does Sorry, hold on. No, yeah. He does look for permission. Yes. Oh exactly. my, I got a technical. Sorry, oh, he yeah. does look for permission. Yes. To come into those places. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um. So being known, um, is definitely a huge part. It's, I think it's, it's a both side thing. It's being known and knowing him. Um, and giving him permission to, not just access parts of your life, but to actually speak into them. Like if you just show the Lord things, but don't take his input when he gives it, that's not, um, a relationship. A, it's just, um, I don't even know a word for it. Transaction. Exactly. Yeah. You're only going when you need something. Exactly. 
That's really good. Well, <clears throat> we are out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> this has been a really great conversation. Oh, it's been fun so to hear fun. your process. Yeah. Uh, like I told you before and like I have with my uh, previous guests, I would love for you to close us out by praying for our listeners. Yeah. Um, and so I just invite you into just listening to the Holy Spirit, whatever he says. Mm-hmm. But in particular, the one thing that mm-hmm. um, we talked about earlier, just this release from expectations. Yes. But probably I can expect that uh, there's something in there about hope and yep. intimacy as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. So we'll just let you close us out with a prayer. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your nearness. Um, I thank you for your nearness in every circumstance. And God, right now, we just invite you in, whatever that looks like, wherever we are. It sounds funny to say we're not at a church service, but we just invite you into this moment to touch hearts, to touch lives. We give you permission. We give you our yes. And Father, I just pray that every place um, where there's been an unhealthy expectation on life, where there's been um, even just an over-desire to please people or to, um, yeah, just to be a certain someone or to have, um, certain things. I just pray that you would come and remove all those holds that you would take out. Um, yeah, that you would take out the strings attached to any expectation, any person, whether it's expectations of self, expectations from someone else, but that you would come in with your kindness and that you would remove every string um, so that people can walk in true freedom and that they would know what freedom is in the Lord through, or what freedom is through you. Um, I thank you for the hope that that brings as well. I thank you that we don't have to be afraid of freedom and afraid of life um, without strings. I thank you that you love to walk with us. You don't leave us on our own. You don't shove us into the world and say, figure it out. You take our hands and you say, expect good things. Expect me to show up. Expect me to move. Expect me to come through every time. Yeah, and God, I just pray that everyone listening to this would become the most radically, outrageously helpful person all the time about every circumstance in life, that it wouldn't be a fluffy feeling, that it wouldn't be yep, I'm just going to be optimistic, but it would be this deep-seated knowing that you are good and that you want good things for us. Um, I pray that they would encounter the person of hope, that they'd be walking around throughout their day and literally just run into you um, as the person of hope, seeing you um, not just in circumstances, but as a person. I thank you for what you did to become a person of hope. You were always a person of hope, but to reveal yourself to us as the person of hope. Um, yeah, God, I just ask blessing and favor on everyone listening that literally within the next month, they would have their socks blessed off (laughs) multiple times and just be surprised by your goodness. You're so good. I'm just so thankful, um, for what you're doing on the earth and in my life and in the lives of the people around me. So we just say thank you and invite you to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And thanks for taking yeah. some time meeting with us today. We appreciate it. And for the listeners, thanks for sticking with us, for tuning in. We uh, hope that you've been blessed uh, by this. And we appreciate your commitment. And we appreciate you going in depth. Mm-hmm.
Thank you.